heading to Rorotonga, then you need to get the unofficial official guide to Roro, and it's completely free. The helpful eight-page PDF gets you completely ready for your holiday to Rorotonga. Inside the guide, you'll find information on transportation, Wi-Fi, customs, SIM, eSIM information on the cards, scooter rentals, and so much more. To get your free guide to Rorotonga, head to roropass.com slash guide. That's roropass, R-A-R-O-P-A-S-S dot com slash guide. Welcome to the Kieran Podcast, your audio airbridge to the Cook Islands, and a show about what you will find and what you will not find in the Cook Islands. And here are your hosts, Chantal and Hayden. Kiarana Chantal, how are you doing today? Kiarana Hayden, Kiarana everyone from Rarotonga. Um, it's me, Chantal, <laughs> your host. Let us help engage you to your five senses to connect you to our island home. Hey, Tokido, mm-hmm. right? This is Tokido Jim, everybody. He's our guest today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, not to put you like, you know, sort of like in a nervous position. We have over 40 countries listening to us, Tokido. Isn't that amazing? Oh, that's a lot. Amazing. Thank you so much. And um, over 300 cities. That's cool, eh? That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool from a little dot <laughs> in the South Pacific where 10,000 of us live COVID-free. Thank you so much to everybody listening to us. Poland's listening to us. Malta's listening to us. UAE's listening to us. Um, Ireland's listening to us. America's listening to us. Uh, come on, Hayden, help me out. We can't forget um, our Aussies and our Kiwis. So, oh, yeah. Thank you, of course, they're, they're to Australia and New Zealand. They're top favorites. So, I was trying to think of those countries um, sort of under their statistics, right? You know, reach out to them. Uh, Tokido Jim, this is how I'm going to introduce Tokido Jim to you, everyone. Tokido Jim is that kind of guy where when you say, oh, I'm going to interview Tokido Jim. This is me telling people in Rarotonga, right, mm. for the um, podcast. Everyone's like, nice guy. Mm. I go, true. Oh, nice. Yeah. Everyone's like, nice guy, nice guy, nice guy. I go, yes, nice guy. And it's true because right. I've probably known you now five years maybe, right, mm. through concierge, through school, um, you know, because kids, you're always at school taking photos. Mm. How did that come about? Because I remember that you actually used to do pearl carvings, right, with Tokido Jim, yeah. um, which is quite an intricate art that he uh, did before. If we could talk to everybody a little bit about that first, and then we can go into your photography bit. Sure. Thank you very much. Kiran, everyone. I'm Tokido. Kiran. Uh, I stumble on. Hey, Kiran. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually my first podcast. I've oh, never yay. done this before. Hey, do you know what? You know what? When Hayden approached me to do this in April, I had no idea what he was talking about. But I was like, raw talent, if you think I can do it, I'm going to have a go at it. And so everybody that I've pretty much interviewed uh, up until now, right, has all said first podcast, first podcast. So this is really cool with, you know, what the infrastructure is enabling us to do, um, reach out to the world on this platform 
and um, we're yeah, I know it's great. Awesome. Well, the uh, shell carving I actually started in 1993. Uh, I stumbled on it by mistake, I think, but it turned out to be a really amazing hobby for the longest time. So, 27 years is a long time. Um, it's a long time. Yeah, I, 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 I remember <laughs> like you know you had a shop. Um, over here in Matavera, you had your market market stall. Yeah. You were there every Saturday at Punanga Nui Market inside your little Tokiro gym um, stall shop. Yeah. The colours were orange. I remember your company colours of your Still buildings orange. was orange. Um, and you had that big T with the flare for the Tokiro gym. Yeah. Um, you were always at your market hut with that little gro- like machine engraving, engraving. Yeah. engraving on yeah. shell. Um, was it just um, Pa'o shell that you used to engrave? Uh, no, I actually um, did some uh, Pa'o shell. Um, and then from the Pa'o, I also did uh, an exhibition years ago at Beachcomber where we incorporated the coral. So part of the uh, carving would be coral uh, that you find on the beach and some of it will be in the Pa'o shell, the pearl shell. Um, but uh, that only lasted a short time because we found out taking the coral out of Raro was uh, a lot of work. you got to get all the paperwork from the uh, environment and stuff like that. So we decided to just concentrate on the paro shell. Because not only would you engrave names into the shells, yeah. you would cut shapes yeah. as well for necklaces. Yeah, yeah. So, the uh, yeah, shapes, just different shapes. We tried all sorts. Uh, to see what's the most popular, and then we kind of move in that direction. So, so far, we've found any time we've got the fish hooks as one of the top ones, and the turtles, those two shapes sells every time. Um, fish hooks, so turtles, turtles, and a few other Sells shapes. every time. Yeah, but That's those good two for me to like, know, because now I know yeah. that you're not going to do that anymore. I might yeah. get into it. <laughs> fish hooks and turtles. Because <laughs> Tokido has... 27 years been doing that he doesn't want to do it anymore right you know because we're going to talk about what he wants to do now so i'm like going okay maybe i'll get into fish hooks and turtle shapes or something right because we all have to reinvent ourselves with covid um now from there because do you want to talk about the rings too could you do the rings as well not so much in the uh, jewelry side like gold or silver I just stuck and uh, concentrated on shells. So, how did you accidentally fall into that? I was in, in uh, yeah, I was in Swaro. I was um, with my dad. In Swaro, yeah, my dad was a the little island Swaro yep. in the Cook yep. Islands. Yes, with only seven people there when I was there. <laughs> so he's in Swaro in 1993 with his dad. Seven people. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Do they live there? Yeah. yeah. I, and they're caretakers in Swaro. Swaro is one of our 15 islands. That's what I'm going. Swaro? Okay, so there's, and they would be caretakers of so Swaro. So my dad was there for a period of seven to eight years. Uh, he would recruit uh, a member from our family to come and stay for a year or two. And I was the last on the list. So uh, he ended up successfully uh, recruiting me to stay there with him for about a year and a half as a... Um, customs and immigration officer because you get the yachts coming in every year and uh, so you have to check them and check them out whenever they arrive so that's how i got there 
there were some uh, pearl shells that the marine resources uh, had left behind, and I, you know, took them and used them um, and made some necklaces. Yeah. So from there, when we came back to Raro, brought the shells over, and that's how it all started. Um, you can. That's how creativity comes in. Yeah. Hey, Tokido, you're on an island with seven people yeah. for a year and a half. It was hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fortunately, I suppose with the visiting yachts, which yeah. is what they were there for, being the customs officers, so they would at least get to see other human beings. Yeah, but, yeah. like, I mean, you know, how much more quiet and creative could you find yourself? Oh, when I say hard, it wasn't hard being alone out there, isolated. It was the fact that the government of the day, uh, back then when they shipped us off, the boat didn't come back till eight months later. So all our provisions were gone. Uh, you know, within four months, we planned for like three months and everything was gone within four months. So the last, the other four months, we just had fish and coconut, fish and coconut every day. Eh? So, But look how uh, you can survive, eh? Oh, yeah, you fish survive. Fish and coconut, yeah. four months. Because they ran out of provisions because they only got dropped off on the island with three or four months and they ended up that. So both didn't come back for eight months. Uh, so I mean, I can't even fathom that happening. I mean, I think when I go to Aitutaki that it's a small island. Oh, no. That's a city. Because <laughs> how big is Suaro? Suaro is tiny. The uh, main island is like those motus in Muri. The uh, motus in Muri. Muri. That's the main island. And then... There's all mutus all around there in a huge lagoon. Um, so if there's nothing there, there's nothing there. Um, but, yeah, plenty of fish, plenty of coconuts. Look up Suaro, everybody, um, you know, on the internet, and you will see what Tukuro Jim is talking about. Okay, cool. And so you did that for a very long time. Um, you got really famous for it, Tukuro. Mm -hmm. Right for the for all your jewelry, yeah. so anybody who has a piece of your jewelry, they are all going to become icons now because you're not making them right. anymore. <laughs> Keep them and look after them. And then it's it's interesting because I think a couple of years ago um, I noticed you with this big lens camera right. in the schoolyard, right? Um, taking because the school got you to take photos for the school, and I'm going, oh wow, look at Jim's taking photos now. You know the guy. The guy with the jewelry is taking photos now. Um, how did you get into that, please? Well, I've always been fascinated. I mean, even in Suara, I see a lot of things, and I always wish that I had a camera, some sort of camera to capture it, and never, you know, could afford one. So when I got back to Raro, I ended up uh, investing in my very first—I've forgotten what year it was—my very first digital camera. It was a Sony, and uh, I think it was yeah it was the smallest uh pixels on it you know but that was really exciting but i always took photos got them developed and had you know i fancied uh, uh photography for a long time didn't understand it uh but just got out there see something unique and took a photo of it and so it just went along for uh for a while on and off uh, but i think about five or six years ago i i I attended a course at CITTI and um, Cook Island Tertiary Training College, everybody. Right. And um, Melanie Cooper was running that, oh, I think, for cool. five days. Cool. And I was only able to attend two of the sessions, and it made a huge difference. 
the way I take photos. And, you know, I credit that to her because she just said one thing to me or a couple of things and it changed the way I... Do you remember what she said to you? Yeah, absolutely. Now that I'm doing classes, I actually tell everyone what happened then and how that changed for me. And all she said was, you know, do you know what you're going to capture? And I said, I don't know what you mean because I get out there and I just take photos. They say you got to know what you are, you know, aiming to capture. Then everything about your camera caters for it. Your camera is, you know, is a, a smart gadget, but it's also waiting for your commands. Instructions. You know? So if you don't know what you really want to capture, you're not able to put those information into your camera to achieve it. So, um, what a good way to, because I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get what. So it took me a while. I said, "What do you mean?" I, you know, ended up asking, and she said, "You know, it's simple. If you know what you want to get, your camera will cater for it. So you get your settings and all that uh, to achieve the uh, the shots." Because now you've got your um, Facebook page, Tokido Gym's yeah. images, yeah. Tokido Gym photography. Uh, Is it photography? Yeah, that, that's photography. Who, yeah. And um, you've got your logo on your photos, right? I've got a few photos of my children that you have taken, yeah. which are beautiful. So thank you very much. No, you're welcome. Thank you very much. So do you, um, with your, do, is there like a theme that you like taking photos of? Is it people? Is it animals? Is it, or is it everything? Mainly people. I love faces. I love expressions on people's faces, but I also like nature itself. I get out when I can uh, into the bushes. And what I really like to pull out is what people bypass every time. They walk past it and they don't see it. So I want to highlight those things, you know, whether it's a tipani, um, you know, a couple of shots I've taken outside, you know, my neighbor's uh, place with the tipani, they, everybody passes it, eh? And you take an image, you capture something different from a different angle or whatever it is. And everybody goes, wow, but it's just outside, you know? I like that sentence. I try and capture what we all bypass. Like we just walk past it all the time, you know. Um, talking about tipani, we are all looking at a tipani tree, mm. everyone, and it's it's just beside my office. They are such an amazing nature plant. Like this tree has no leaves on it for 10 months and then basically two weeks ago, boom, the leaves come out of the tree, Beautiful you know, and the frangipani comes out. So for 10 months, it's just bare. And then it's now got green um, leaves and the frangipani on it. And that smell that we have here, right? Because sometimes I look at your images of your flowers and I imagine the smell because some of the flowers that you have taken images of I'm like, oh, wow, that's, you know, that plant or that's that plant or that's the ginger plant. And I think I can actually, I know you're trying to bring that smell through that picture too, you know. Very good. Very good. So we're just going to, you know, sort of wrap up here. Uh, If there's anything else you'd like to talk about. (laughs) No, I don't like being on the other side of the camera. So this is uh, unusual for me. To be be, uh, talking on this side, I like capturing images and I'm uh, that's what I'm looking at doing in the coming future, just uh, doing stills. I I do uh, videography as well. So um, I lean a lot more now to videography because it's everything is moving 
it's alive and uh, stuff like that. So, um, I you know, with it. videography, yeah, is that where they use drones? Oh no, and ground too. I and mean, ground? the same same cameras uh, that I use for the stills. I take videos uh, from that and make. And little... then with the videos, do you do that for like a customer or a client, like yep, a local yep. person in Maratonga comes to you? Yeah. And they say, "Can you please do a video for our wedding?" Is that yep. is that wedding, okay? Uh, so I do wedding uh, weddings events. Um, so I've done a few here. Most of the time, they um, they might just want the uh, raw image uh, videos uh, for their contents. So I that's easy for me. Okay. So I'll just do the video, crop them into you know uh, quick edits, and I give them the uh, footage so they okay. put it away. They might use it in a year or two for something else okay. and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's a lot of fun because you're capturing a lot more than you would with stills. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also but wondering on an island, things. is it hard or is it easy to get inspiration? Because part of like when I show up, it's amazing because I'm there for two weeks and I get this amazing yeah. array of just beautiful beaches and trees. The, I'm always usually there in December, so the Christmas trees all show up and bloom. But is there a right, point right. where it's almost tougher because you're always there, and it's almost that island fever yeah, where you right. have a limited geography? Or is it also like the artist inspiration? You find new things yeah, around the corner. Yeah, I think I think that's the difference with um, with me. Anyway, um, I'm always looking for new things when I take, uh, whether it's still images or footage or video. And I think that's why I really enjoy it because it could be two or three weddings or events, but you never know what's going to happen. So you end up there. The location will be different. The people will be different. So every shoot will be different. Uh, and that's what I love about it rather than the monotonous turtle that I carve day in and day out. 27 years. <laughs> 27 years. So that's why, um, you know, images and uh, footage have been wonderful break for me. And um, it's kind of, you know, ignited that artistic side of me. Um, so, it, yeah, I see it different. I, before uh, a shoot, I would be going through my head and thinking, okay, how is it going to be different? And I get on the site and I capture something that, you know, most people would miss. I go in and capture. So when you show them the video, they're like, oh, you got that one. I didn't see that, you know. Um, that I did one for uh, Alex King uh, exhibition. And I just went around just looking at things people may not look at, um, just capturing that on video. And so when I showed them afterwards, you know, they were blown away because they didn't see it from different ang- from the angle that I could see from. So I think it never grows old here. I think if you're looking you'll find new things every time, you know. Um, so for me, it, it never, so far, it hasn't been stale yet. So even on a little island, there's plenty to uh, to see and plenty to uh, see from a different angle too. That's lovely if so, you're looking. So and also a lot of photographers, there's the informal battle between Canon and Nikon. Are you in one of those two yeah. camps or are you showing on the Sony <laughs> side still? <laughs> Good question. I was thinking that too, but I... <laughs> well, I started off with a Sony. I love Sony. The uh, picture quality is just amazing. It still is. Um, then I moved to Canon. I've done some shoots in uh, Nikon, but I ended up buying uh, Canon lens and all that stuff. So I ended up shooting with Canon till now. 
Um, there, you know, there are some things that I wish Canon would put in there, like better specs for their cameras. But um, yeah, all in all, I've, uh, I guess, I remained on Canon because all my lenses are Canon are all suited for Canon cameras. So yeah, so I'm a Canon freak. <laughs> That, that makes two of us. I grew up on Canon and all my lenses were Canon, so I just stuck with the Canon brand. But yeah, most people, once they kind of yeah, find either Canon or Nikon, there's usually one of the two camps. And right. It ends up usually being the lenses right. that end up showing. And yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. cool. I, knew, I knew you'd like this topic, Hayden, because um, your friend Toby he was the one that said, and if you see Aiden's photos, you know, he loves taking photography, you know, so that's how I knew that you liked photography. Actually, it was from your friend Toby when I heard him say that, so I knew that you'd like Tokido Jim. Yeah, it would be nice. I'm looking at your wall there. It would be nice to get a, a photo of Rarotonga on there. I've got a couple of photos, so if you email me, I can send you a copy and you can get it printed and put on the wall there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, another part of the house. I'm in my office for everyone listening, so you can't really see the audio part. But I've got some photography of both California and Utah and actually Australia on my back wall. And then yeah. in my other part of my house, I've got the Rorotonga flag, or the Rorotonga flag, the Cook Islands flag, and photography right. of the Cook Islands. So it kind of matches. I have a bigger wall with the big flag on it because most people ask that question, cool. what is that flag? And they say New Zealand, they say Australia. And I go, well... No, there's a lot more stars in the Cook Islands flag than there are in New Zealand, Australia. So I have to put the pictures of the Cook Islands. And, you know, I just, that's the biggest curiosity to me was that I'm there for a limited amount of time. So I think there's so much to capture. But on that period of being on the island indefinitely, that's the question. But I think that almost your your training of being on an island has seven people and an island that's, you know, 50 square meters you're sitting on i'm kind of guessing on a metric side because i'm an american but pretty much it's almost like you have to get creative on a small island and let alone rorotonga must feel like the metropolis comparatively speaking yeah yeah and i and i yeah if you're doing weddings and that that all be different 21st Mm. events and um your sub yeah your subject will always be different and i like that how you look for the stuff that people miss lovely oh thank you very much Tokoro Jim thank you Hayden thank you everyone for listening and if you um, are coming in the future right this is everyone listening now you know if you need a person to do your photography for your wedding or an event that you might want to have in Rarotonga you can look up Tokoro Jim thank Thank you very much thank you everyone Thank you for taking time to listen to the Kiona podcast. If you love the podcast as much as Chantal and myself love making these podcasts, we would love your financial support. We sadly cannot run this podcast on coconuts alone, and we would love some financial support to help make this an even greater success. If you feel compelled, head on over to kiyonapodcast.com slash donate to donate. Have a fantastic day, and thank you so much for your continued support.